Good morning. Morning, Chair. Uh, morning, morning, ma'am. Uh, and good morning to all those who are watching us from home. Uh, today we will be dealing with two issues, uh, the land court bill and the progress uh, report in terms of uh, the project plan on how we are going to be processing the hate crime, hate speech bill. Um, I'm sure that this is not going to be a long meeting. Um, so we will be out of this meeting, I think before 12. Um, and as I said, members, that uh, it's very difficult to compile a long-term program. So we will be compiling weekly programs. Um, our program has significantly changed um, since uh, we have to chop and change to accommodate some of the new uh, issues that are coming up, um, uh, including the issue of the traditional court bill. Um, and we had to also accommodate this, uh, the, uh, this issue of hate crime, hate speech, um, uh, which was raised uh, last week. And so uh, members would be informed each week as to how the program would look like. Um, I suggest that maybe we'd start with Mr. Dupree's, uh, Mr. Dupree, who will just take us through um, uh, the, the progress that he's making, in fact, the project plan, and because we are not expecting him to report on the on the on the details or the content of the hate crime hate speech bill, we just want to know the time frame so that we can be able to rework the program uh, to accommodate the finalization or the processing of the hate crime hate speech bill. Uh, over to you, Mr. Dupree. Good morning, Mr. Chair. Good morning to the members of the committee and my Deputy Minister and colleagues on the platform. Mr. Chair, before I proceed, I see there is a, well, I think there was a raised hand. Uh, with regard to the uh, supplementary, uh, with regard to the outstanding comments on the aid speech bill, we have decided not to, uh, if I may put it, clutter the existing summary with additional uh, uh, summaries. So we have prepared or we are in the process of preparing a supplementary summary. So the committee will then have at the end of the day two, two summaries on, on the hate speech bill. The supplementary summary, of course, will then provide the additional information. Um, and we undertake from the department side, Mr. Chair, to have that available uh, next week, a finalized supplementary summary on, on latest Monday, Tuesday. I don't know whether that will assist the committee. Uh, we appreciate that the committee's time is, is very valuable. Uh, I am... Uh, 
nearly, I, I think if I could venture a, a guess at this stage, I am halfway through the additional uh, information that has been provided to us. What the committee secretary did was to send me two folders of the sum total of, of the comments that were received by the committee. And it only, it, it unfortunately takes a bit of time because some of them are substantive in excess of 40 pages per summary or, or per submission. So unfortunately, it, it does take time. Um, that is what I can indicate to the committee at the stage, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Tukri. Uh, thank you for the uh, update. Um, members, are there any questions? Uh, and I'm sorry, members, I'm using the iPad to have load shedding uh, here. And sometimes it looks a little bit untidy when I keep on uh, pressing uh, the, the, um, the camera on and off. Um, but uh, at about 10 past 10, I think I'll be back on my uh, laptop, which will be much better. Uh, are there any comments, members? Honorable Horn, and welcome to our Deputy Minister, Honorable John Jeffrey. Thank you very much for being uh, with us today, Honorable Deputy Minister. Um, uh, and I'm sorry that I had not uh, opened for apologies. Uh, are there any apologies? Chair. Yes, Honorable Horn. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, my apologies also for, for being late. Um, just one, when one thinks you know Zoom, you apparently don't. I was in a waiting room which said the PC deliberations on the land court bill, but then seemingly I was not in the waiting room of this meeting. So that's very strange. But be that as it may, um, uh, maybe if it's not on record at, the, uh, at our secretariat, just... Uh, confirm that the Honourable Breitenbach uh, has tendered an apology for the duration of this week. She is um, on a overseas study tour and won't be able to join. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Any other apology? Uh, <clears throat> good, good morning, Chair. There's an apology from Siak. Uh, from? From who? From Honorable Yako. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, those are the apologies that will be recorded as such. Uh, Honorable John Jeff, Honorable Deputy Minister John Jeffrey. Uh, Chair, thanks. Um, no, just I, I following on from Mr. Um, Dupria's input, um, I, I think we can undertake to have the submission, the, the additional summary or the summaries of the, the submissions that were missed by Monday morning. Uh, so we could look at continuing with the bill from, from Tuesday of next week. 
Thank you very much, uh, Deputy Minister. Uh, Honorable Swart. Um, thank you, Chair. Just also to um, give my apology, I might need to leave um, early today. I'm just trying to understand what Mr. Dupre says, and I, I just want to express my gratitude for also to the department and the committee members who worked very hard, our secretariat, to, to arrange this at the weekend for the past few days. So we're going to have two documents then um, dealing with the public submission. The one, the initial summary, and there's going to be a second one, which we're going to have to read together with the first document. So that could be a bit tricky, but we do appreciate the time constraints and the pressure on us to deal with this legislation. So thank you, Chair, for my time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Swart. Any other member? Uh, no. uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Tupri, for the hard work. We know that uh, it's not uh, easy. Uh, and at the same time, I think it's important that uh, as you work hard, you must also look after your health. Um, uh, so we, we, we really do appreciate that uh, uh, you had to that you worked throughout the weekend um, to make sure that um, um, next week we do have uh, the, the document. Um, but if anything uh, happens and it, it is not possible, please uh, inform us at least by Sunday uh, so that we are able to, to plan accordingly. Um, so things as they stand now, we are going to reserve uh, next week um, uh, for hate crime, hate speech, where we will first, uh, I think on Tuesday, we will deal with the responses, the outstanding responses, and then we will take it from there. Uh, uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Dupree and to your team. And thank you to the Deputy Minister for his leadership. Uh, are we done with this issue, members? Um, Chair, if we're, if we're done, can I also be excused? I just come for this item, not for the land court, which the officials are more than capable of managing. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Deputy Minister, for your attendance. You are, you are excused. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Dupree. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Mr. Chair, um, with regard to the concern raised by Mr. Swart, I, I would like some guidance from the committee. I thought it might, it would have been better uh, just to prepare a supplementary summary. If I have to insert the additional comments in the existing summary, I will have to highlight it to the committee so that it can easily be identified. But I will be guided by the chairperson uh, whether the chair would, would think it's better to rather have the one single uh, summary or then the original summary with the supplementary summary. And I would like maybe just to mention, Mr. Chair, and, and, and request your permission. I have requested Mr. Makudubete to... Uh, share the working document with the committee and to take the committee 
through the additional proposed amendments uh, of which uh, we would like to also maybe, and I'm not speaking on behalf of, of Mr. Makudubete, but I think we, we need to, from the department side, highlight to the committee the proposed amendments in the schedule to the bill. Thank you, Chair. No, Mr. Dupree, I think your problem, we are dealing with uh, two issues in one. Um, so a person has to listen to you up to the end. You are dealing with uh, the hate crime, hate speech process, and you're combining that process with the, with the land court bill. I think uh, with respect to your second one, which is your last one, um, I think the expectations generally was that uh, you, uh, Mr. Makudubete, is, is dealing with the issue uh, as you are concentrating on the on the on the summaries uh, of uh, the um, of the the hate crime hate speech bill. So I think your request is is perfectly in order that uh, Mr. Makudubete will uh, flight and lead. Uh, the, the, the discussions uh, on the changes that have been made. Uh, with respect to your first one, your first uh, request, I, I, I'll be guided by members because I think it's a matter of style and preference. Uh, I, would have prefer, I would be happier with your, with your approach of a supplementary uh, uh, document um, uh, because the, the highlighting, I think it makes it to be quite untied. But I think other members might have a different view. I think it's just an issue of a personal style uh, and what would, what would be easier for, for members. Uh, I would generally be guided by them. Honorable Thank you very much, Chair, and good morning. Um, apologies, I'm using two different devices, and so it's also a bit of a confusion there. I do agree. I do agree um, with you, Honorable Chair. Sorry, good morning to everybody on the platform. I do agree with you, Honorable Chair, to keep the two summaries separate so that we can see, um, you know, with the supplementary summary, we can see um, that it's from what we missed. So I agree, if it's combined and into one document and becomes highlighted, it will look rather untidy. So I agree with um, Mr. Dupree's proposed proposal. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Honorable Swart, are you covered? Yes, thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, I think uh, let's agree uh, with the approaches proposed by uh, Mr. Dupree that... Uh, Apologies, we'll... Chair. Apologies. If the Secretariat can unpin uh, Wilma, Honorable Wilma, sorry, so she can okay. participate. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, 
Yes, we, uh, Honor uh, Mr. Dupri, uh, so you would proceed with a supplementary uh, document on 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 uh, on, on Tuesday. Uh, once we are done, I think we will try and link them to be one so that we are able to move from one view to the other, especially if they are contrary uh, views. Um, so it's going to be a, quite a bit of a process, but I think once we are done with the responses, um, uh, then we will move to uh, a clause by clause uh, processing of the bill. Um, we still think that uh, um, because of the delays that have happened and uh, and with the fact that we would be adjourning uh, end of this month, uh, that the bill might uh, might be towards the end or but I think we will have to deal finalize it when we come back. But we will see as we push uh, next week as to how far does it take us. But definitely we will have to finalize the land court bill this term uh, and finalize drug trafficking this term. Uh, and then we will see this one, how, how much do we push. Um, but if there is a possibility that we can finalize it, then that would be good. But if not, we will not rush it. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, let's move to land court bill. Thank you, Chair. I'm going to ask Mr. Makudubete to take over from me at this stage. I'll second chair the rest of the meeting then with him. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, Chair, and uh, good morning to honorable members, as well as uh, everyone on the platform. Uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity to take the committee to this document as amended in light of the discussions that took place uh, during the course of uh, uh, last week, that is on Tuesday. Uh, Chair, if I may get an indication, uh, I, have, I should have the document on the screen, if I can get confirmation that it can be seen. Yes, we can see it. Yes, thank you very much. As you will see, Chair, it's a continuation of the working document that we have previously used, and uh, we have inserted the, the new uh, amendments as per the direction of the committee. Just by way, by way of a recap, Chair, uh, during the course of last week on Tuesday, that is, the committee dealt with the issue of the bill having taken away the jurisdiction of the magistrate court. And the committee directed the department to attend to the reinstatement, if I may so say, of the jurisdiction of the magistrate uh, court so that this court uh, can have uh, concurrent jurisdiction uh, with the land court in relation to land related matters. So Chair, I, I do agree with yourself when you say when the, the highlights are used in the documents, they become uh, at, at some stage untidy. 
this is the classic example chair. We have now different colors, uh, but it should not be a big thing uh, because now what I'm going to be focusing on will be the highlights in pink. This will re uh, relate to the new amendments as a, direction, as a result of the direction by the, by the committee. The blue and yellow highlights are the issues that have already been dealt with and that the, the committee has been taken through uh, those uh, amendments and uh, will focus on the, the highlights in, in pink. Now, uh, on the... On the long title chair, the portion highlighted in uh, pink, we have uh, attempted to effect the directions of the committee by deleting the exclusive jurisdiction of the land court and provide for the concurrent jurisdiction of the land court with the magistrate's court and uh, for certain land related matters. As a result, Chair, the, the provision uh, of this long title as inserted will read to provide for the concurrent jurisdiction of the land court and magistrate's court for certain land-related matters. I will continue, Chair. I will, I will not uh, want to skip the, uh, the document to rush to the highlighted pages, I will just scroll down uh, so that the committee can see even by way of a recap what we have done in terms of the amendment. And then I will stop uh, where the highlights uh, in pink uh, appear, uh, which will reflect the new insertion from uh, last week, uh, Tuesday's uh, a discussion and a direction by the committee. And the next highlight will be uh, on page 10, where we are essentially inserting the definition of the magistrate's court. This follows from the insertion of the, or the reinstatement of the jurisdiction of the magistrate's court so that they are able to deal with uh, certain land-related matters. So it is necessary that we insert this definition and uh, uh, to mean any court established in terms of Section 2 of the Magistrates' Court Act 1944, that is Act number 32 of 1944. The, I will continue further, Chair, uh, and I'm in the hands of the, the committee if the Chair will want me to stop uh, for clarity on any aspects that need to be clarified. The next highlight are contained in clause seven, which is the clause dealing with the jurisdiction of the court. On the, in the same vein, Chair, we are in, introducing the concurrent jurisdiction of the magistrate's court. The revised uh, clause seven one will read as follows subject to the constitution and except where this act provides the court and the magistrate courts within whose area of jurisdiction the land forming the subject matter before that court is situated have concurrent jurisdiction in respect of all matters 
that in terms of this act or in terms of any other law uh, to be determined by the court. Uh, the document that was circulated to the committee uh, did not uh, uh, delete this, uh, uh, this term elsewhere. I do apologize, Chair. Our intention is to ensure that it is deleted because of our insertion of the concurrent jurisdiction of the, the magistrate court. So the document that is in the position of the committee, of the members of the committee, will not have a, a double um, struck through uh, the, the word elsewhere. So I do apologize for that. So we are essentially deleting the word elsewhere. The next portion chair that deals with the, the highlights. I, I do apologize chair so that I do not rush. And in case I skip any portion that is highlighted in pink. A chair on the on, on this page is just a technical a techni a technical change. This uh, paragraph C uh, deals with the uh, the default judgment, and it reads the manner and circumstances under which a judgment by default contemplated in section eighteen of this act can be given. We are just deleting the word made and then substitute it with uh, a given because the the court does not make judgment. Instead, it gives judgments. Uh, hence, we are substituting uh, that word made with uh, given. It's just a technical uh, correction that we will would like to put to the or to draw to the attention of the members of the committee. Uh, these are the highlights that have already been presented to the committee. And the, the next one is also uh, in clause uh, paragraph three. Uh, I'll just scroll up to see. Uh, under clause 25, dealing with uh, uh, conferences. Uh, Subclause three. Uh, it's also a technical change that we are bringing to the attention of the committee uh, so that this clause reads, the order so made by the court is binding on the parties unless altered at the trial to prevent manifest injustice. It's just a, a cleaning up, uh, if I may so say, and uh, uh, to make the provision reach, read much better. The next change that we have effected, Chair, relates to Clause 29 of the bill dealing with uh, mediation. And the change that we have uh, effecting relates to uh, sub 
subclause 4, and that we are effecting a technical change as we have already done in, the, in relation to other provisions to delete the word prescribed so that the, this uh, uh, issue can be dealt with and provided for in the, in the rules. So it's also one of the technical changes that we, we are effecting for the attention of the committee. And also here, Chair, just uh, minor changes uh, by way of uh, deleting and inserting the commas. Uh, it's a minor technical uh, change there, as well as uh, 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 in this page, we are inserting a full stop there. Chair, most of these uh, have been dealt with. I'm going to uh, scroll quickly to go to the next highlight, which will appear on, uh, I think, page 66. And uh, this is where we deal with the schedule uh, to the bill. The committee has already been taken uh, through the, uh, this, the schedule and uh, we have inserted the, the changes to give effect to the direction of the committee in terms of the reinstatement of the magistrate's court. So under the upgrading of uh, Land Tenure Rights Act, and particularly in relation to the definition of the court, we are inserting this provision so that the definition of the court can mean the land court established by section three of the Land Court Act 2022 or a magistrate court in whose area of jurisdiction the land in question is situated. The next highlights shall relate to the deletion of uh, this uh, this uh, paragraph two or item two of this uh, schedule under item one relating to the upgrading of the uh, Land Tenure Rights Act. Uh, this deletion is essentially to make sure that we are reinstating the, uh, the magistrate court. Initially, we were deleting the magistrate court and then replacing that with the court meaning the land court. Now, because we are reinstating the magistrate court, we are deleting therefore the entire uh, paragraph which was giving effect to the deletion of the magistrate court and uh, giving effect to the, the land court as the court that was going to deal with that matter. So we are deleting the entire paragraph so that the magistrate court can be reinstated to deal with uh, land matters. The same case is in relation to this paragraph four chair. We are deleting because initially our intention was to get rid of the magistrate's court and then give the land court the exclusive jurisdiction. Now with this insertion or with this deletion, we are essentially reinstating the jurisdiction of the magistrate court. Chair, uh, this one, it's not highlighted, but I think I will need to draw to the attention of the committee because now it will mean that, that we are deleting 
the magistrate court here. But however, remember, we are defining the, the court as the land court and the magistrate court. So the magistrate will be covered by this uh, term court because it includes both the magistrate and the, and the land court. Chair, I'm going to have to pause a little on this uh, on, on this act. I am alerted by my my colleague, Mr. Dupree, uh, that even though the the committee was taken through the schedule, uh, the insertions or the changes that we have effected uh, relating to the land reform uh, labor tenants act. Have not been uh, a, a brief or have not been addressed to the committee. So I would like to take this opportunity to uh, brief the committee on the changes that we have effected, which have not been uh, addressed to the committee. And these changes are brought by the by the deletion in the bill of the provision relating to arbitration. Now. What we have done, uh, a chair, initially the bill was making provision for uh, arbitration uh, in terms of which the judge president of the court was given the discretion whether to refer the matter to mediation or arbitration or to the court uh, for, for adjudication. However, because we have deleted the uh, the the provision relating to arbitration in the in the land court bill itself, we had to effect the changes to these clauses uh, under paragraph six of the the schedule. We are substituting section eighteen of the Labour Tenant Act in terms of which sections, uh, subsections seven and seven, eight and nine are substituted with the, with the following uh, uh, provision. Here, we are inserting the, 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 the provision that will see to the referral of the application uh, for arbitration or to the court for adjudication. Initially, the application or the director general was empowered by this provision chair to refer the application under this act to the court and inform the parties that the director general has, uh, has done so. But now what we are doing, because arbitration was initially dealt with in the, in the land court, we have to provide for arbitration in this clause or in this section of the, of the Act or of the Labor Tenants Act so as to empower the Director General of the Department of Agriculture to refer the, to refer the application for arbitration or to the court for adjudication.
The next substitution is in relation to this subsection eight of the Labor Tenants Act, uh, in terms of which we are deleting the word court, because the court is no longer going to be dealing with the arbitration. And now the arbitration is going to be uh, dealt with by the Director General and in replacement of the word court. So wherever the court was uh, put in the center of dealing with uh, arbitrations, we are substituting that with the Director General so that the Director General can see through and then deal with the process of uh, the arbitration because it is now out of the terrain of the land court bill. Similarly, Chair, in relation to subsection nine, we are deleting the president of the court as initially in, uh, provided for in that subsection of the Labor Tenancy Act. And uh, we are substituting that with the director general, and that will be the director general of the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development. Going forward, Chair, relating to subsection 19, we, we, we were initially inserting this provision that we are now deleting because it was intended to substitute the entire section 19 of the Labor Tenant Act. So now we are reinstating the initial provision as it was in the Labor Tenant Act. And then we are making certain uh, changes there, as, as highlighted here, Chair. Uh, this is a technical change because now we are talking about the judge president of the, of the land court instead of the president as it was initially uh, included in the, in the Labor Tenants Act. So it is the judge president that will be uh, referred to here now. The Director General Chair is the one who is now given the, the power to refer the application that is contemplated in that, uh, in that uh, uh, Labor Tenant Act to arbitration. And whenever that application is brought to the court or referred to the court by the Director General, the Judge President of the court, when that matter is referred to the court, will be given the power to give such directions as he or he considers appropriate as to the procedure to be followed for the application to be heard by the court. Chair, I, I, I hear an echo. I'm not sure if the someone is trying to, 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 to speak or I, I'm, I'm hearing a, an echo. Is there someone who's maybe trying to say something perhaps? I don't think so. Okay, thank you, Chair. Going forward, Chair, in the same vein, we are deleting the president of the court and substituting that with the director general as the official who may appoint an arbitrator in relation to the disputes that are arbitrable that are emanating from the uh, the provision of the Labor Tenancy Act. So with regards to paragraph eight, 
initially we were deleting the entire section 20 of that act. However, because the that act is going to, uh, this section deals with the, uh, the process of arbitration. Now we were deleting the entire section because it deals with arbitration. And now, because now the arbitration processes are taken out of the land court bill, we are reinstating that section except the deletion of uh, subsections one and two of uh, section 20 of that act. Because these sections are dealing with the judge president uh, requiring, requiring the judge president to do certain things in relation to the, uh, the arbitration that will have emanated from uh, the dispute out of or emanating from the, uh, the Labor Tenant Act. Following from that chair, uh, clause nine, we are effecting a change so as to remove this part of the, uh, uh, of the subsection, that is subsection three, so that we delete any reference to the rules. Because the, 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 the rules chair will, 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 will be included in the, uh, in the rules of the, that the rules that will be made by the rules board under the, um, the land court bill itself. With regards to clause 10, we are substituting a section 20, a subsection six, in the same vein by the deletion of the court and replacing that with the director general. Under sub section 21, subsection one, we are substituting the, the entire section. Uh, this section was, uh, was still there, but because it, it becomes uh, untidy when we do piecemeal amendments, we decided to substitute the entire section or subsection uh, with the subsection that will read, the director general shall submit the determination of an arbitrator referred to in section 26 to the court and the court may make the determination and order of court with or without such technical variations as may be appropriate. Uh, Chair, here we 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 just uh, making a technical uh, change uh, by insertion of the word or. The same case here, Chair. And uh, there will be a change in the numbering of the paragraphs that will uh, flow from uh, the changes that we have effected above. With regards to section 33, we are giving if or we are effecting changes to initially subsection three, but we are now effecting changes to subsection four as well. Now the change that we are effecting will be here under subsection three so as to replace the president of the court or a judge 
of the court nominated by him or her, and then we are replacing that with the director general, who may determine that the proceedings for eviction of any person shall take place before an arbitrator appointed in terms of uh, section 193. Regarding the amendment to subsection four, in the same vein, we are deleting the judge president of the court and substituting that with the director general. Here we are deleting this provision that initially was intended to delete the uh, subsection four of uh, section 33. So because of the reinstatement of arbitration, we are no longer proceeding to delete subsection four of uh, uh, section 33. Uh, Chair, that, that, that is all in relation to the labor tenancy or labor tenant act uh, and the changes that we have effected as a result of the changes relating to the deletion of the arbitration proceedings out of the land court bill. Chair, the next act is the Communal Property Association Act. We are inserting the reinstating the jurisdiction of the magistrate court so that the definition of the court can mean the land court established by section three, section three of the land court act 2022 or a magistrate court in whose area of jurisdiction the land in question is situated. Chair, the, this, this definition was amended as a result of a provision under subsection 13 of that act, because it was given a concurrent jurisdiction to the magistrate court. And uh, because we are reinstating the magistrate court, we are no longer proceeding with this deletion. Instead, we are reinstating the magistrate court, of course, with the magistrate court uh, cited in capital letters for M and C. Chair, the next change that we need to bring to the attention of the committee relates to the ESTA, where in the same vein, we are reinstating the jurisdiction of the magistrate court in terms of which, because here, the definition of the court was concurrent where any competent court was having a jurisdiction in terms of this act. Now, we are restricting this definition of the court to mean the land court established by section three of the Land Court Act 2022 or a magistrate court in whose area of jurisdiction the land in question is situated. Chair, I'm closer to finalizing the insertion that we have effected following uh, last week's uh, discussions on Tuesday.
Chair, with regards to the uh, PI Act, so-called PI Act, in the same vein, we are deleting, uh, we are amending the definition of court to mean the land court established by Section 3 of the Land Court Act 2022, or the Magistrate Court, now with a capital M and C, in whose area of jurisdiction the land in question is situated. This chair is to essentially give effect to the direction of the committee in terms of which the jurisdiction of the magistrate court has to be reinstated in relation to matters emanating from or out of the, the PI Act. So chair, this, this is to uh, essentially use the capital C for court wherever it appears uh, under that, that PI Act. And this is the last highlight in relation to this document. And uh, um, I will uh, uh, hand over back to my colleague, Mr. Dupree, uh, if uh, maybe there is uh, any aspect that needs to be highlighted to the committee. But with all this, it brings me to the conclusion of my briefing on this uh, on these changes that we have effected. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Mr. Mokolobeta. Mr. Dupre. Thank you, Chair. Um, I do not have anything to add at this stage. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much uh, for the hard work. Uh, to the team, Mr. Dupre, Mr. Mokolobeta, and other members of the team who might whom we might not know. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, members, that is the presentation on the land court bill. Honorable Horn. Yes, thank you, Chair. And let me join you um, in thanking the uh, drafting unit. It's quite clear that they, in a meticulous way, then went about restoring the, the, those um, powers to the magistrate's court in the current version. Um, may I, on this issue, just raise one or two matters, Chair? Um, the way I read Section 7, as it now stands, it, it, it in very clear terms says that there's this concurrent jurisdiction unless otherwise indicated by the Act. Um, now, my understanding is that by way of the, the decision of the committee and as is being given effect to by this draft, that would then mean that, that all the, the only matters in which this court for now will, will then have exclusive jurisdiction would then be restitution matters in terms of the Restitution and Land Rights Act. Um, I don't know whether my... Um, my powers of concentration is not what it's supposed to be this morning, but but I can't seem to find where that specific aspect is then addressed in, in the current version of, of the bill. That's the, the, the one question I wanted to ask, Chair. The second question I wanted to ask is... Honorable Juan? Um, yes. Honorable Juan? Yes. Maybe let's deal with that question first. 
Okay, um, thank you, Jay. Yes, and then we'll come back to the second uh, question we'd want to raise, or second point we'd want to raise. Uh, Mr. Makulubet and Mr. Dupre. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chair, and uh, thank you for the question. I will scroll down to the schedule. Uh, in terms of clause seven as amended, we are now we are deleting the word the word exclusive, and we are replacing that with concurrent jurisdiction. However, when we go to the schedule the various pieces of legislation are the ones who are going to give the exclusive jurisdiction in certain instances or the concurrent jurisdiction of the land court and the magistrate court in certain instances. For instance, in the upgrading of uh, Land Tenure Rights Act, we will have the concurrent jurisdiction. Uh, I will try to scroll down to another piece of legislation, uh, the land reform provision of Land Assistance Act. This act, you will see from the insertion of this new clause 12A, it will be, uh, uh, this schedule is given this act, the, or is given the land court, exclusive jurisdiction, because we are saying the land court established in terms of uh, section three of the Land Court Act 2022 has jurisdiction to resolve any dispute arising from the application of this act. So in terms of this provision, the land court exclusively is given the jurisdiction to deal with matters emanating from that act. The same is the case with uh, other pieces of legislation. For instance, the KwaZulu-Natal Ingonyama Trust Act. That act talks to the land court as being given the jurisdiction to resolve dispute emanating from this act. And so is the case with various others. Those that will have concurrent jurisdiction will be specified so like I've highlighted, especially with, uh, uh, with the ESTA Act and also the, uh, the, the PI Act. Those will have uh, concurrent jurisdiction. However, certain piece of act, uh, pieces of legislation will have the exclusive jurisdiction of the land court. However, in clause seven itself, then the exclusive jurisdiction will have to be deleted because what we will have in the schedule it's no longer exclusive jurisdiction. It will be concurrent jurisdiction and exclusive jurisdiction in certain instances. Uh, I, I hope this uh, clarifies the, the position. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Juan, are you clarified? I am, thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. But I think for, um, for for us members, even if we were to be asked or interviewed, um, I think, uh, but not for the purposes of drafting, um, just for the purposes of communication, um, it would be good whether, whether it is the parliament, legal services, or yourselves, 
that we have sort of a pager that would be able to say uh, these are the exclusive jurisdiction and these are the concurrent jurisdiction. Uh, but now it is all over. I mean, it's good for the purposes of uh, technical legal drafting, but for the purposes of communicating, especially if we go to our local radio stations, uh, we uh, uh, members uh, who might, some of them who might not even be members of this portfolio committee uh, would be asked questions, as, especially for uh, for for areas uh, of exclusive jurisdiction and the concurrent jurisdiction. So if there can be some, um, um, what with talking points or talking notes uh, uh, on how this is going to work. I'm not sure whether would that be done by the parliamentary legal services or by yourselves. Mr. Makudubete. Thank you, Chair. I was struggling to, to find the, the mute button. Uh, Chair, um, I, I, I believe we, we will be in a, in a position to, to prepare a, a document uh, that will deal with that uh, a, a specific uh, issue. And uh, in terms of which the, maybe then we, by, by way of a table, rather than a schedule that we have here, mm. a table that will set out uh, various pieces of legislation and then the specific provision that gives the the, uh, the exclusive jurisdiction of the land court and those that are giving concurrent jurisdiction of the land court. Uh, Chair, I, I, I believe we are in a position to, to do that and uh, we may even uh, liaise with the parliamentary uh, uh, legal services for for assistance and uh, uh, the manner that it, it, it can be done for the purpose of the of the committee and the the members at, uh, at large, uh, I believe, Chair, we will be in a position to do that. Thank you. No, thank you very much. Uh, can we now go back to Ms. Honorable Horn? Um, your next question. Yes, thank you, Chair. My next question is is about, um, I want to say, the knock-on effect of all of this on appeals. So ordinarily, the magistrate's court or, or, or any judgment or order from the magistrate court is appealable to the high court. Now the land court has the status of a high court, but we have determined that there is, is concurrent jurisdiction um, so I don't know whether the department has reflected on what what the impact is there of whether then it would mean that while there is concurrent jurisdiction, um, a litigant may still choose to appeal to the land court, um, being a specific or a, let's say a of course, a specialized high court in respect of matters where the magistrate's court has issued an order um, in respect of concurrent, concurrent jurisdiction. Um, 
and whether the advice would be that it is something that must be regulated uh, through this bill. Um, and if it is then an appeal to the land court, whether uh, it is then to a, a full bench or a, or a single bench. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Mr. Mukulubeke. Thank you very much, uh, Chair, and uh, thank you to Honorable Horn for the question. I seem to be struggling all the time when I want to, <laughs> to press the, the unmute button. Uh, Chair, the, the schedule uh, gives the land court and the magistrate court uh, concurrent jurisdiction. Only these pieces of legislation that are included in the schedule will have the jurisdiction of the land court exclusively in one instance and concurrent jurisdiction of the land court and the magistrate court in certain instances. Now, for purposes of the appeal, matters that are appealable where the magistrate court has jurisdiction in terms of these pieces of legislation are going to go directly to the land court. Only these that are listed here. Those that are not listed will have their jurisdiction or the appeal directed to the high court. Because Chair, you'll remember, if you think back as to what we were trying to do with this list, our intention was to confine all these pieces of legislation to the exclusive jurisdiction of the court. We have, through the engagement with the various departments, isolated which specific pieces of legislation are going to be immediately placed under the exclusive jurisdiction of the court. Now, all of this will have exclusive jurisdiction of the land court and instances where the magistrate court has dealt with the matter, the matter will be appealable to the land court. Uh, thank you, that, that, that will be my, my response to this. I'm not sure if my colleague, Mr. Dupree is able to maybe shed some more light on this. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Dupree. Um, Chair, nothing to add at this stage, but it is something that we'll certainly have a look again um, and go through those pieces of legislation just to make sure that if there are any appeal provisions that they fall in line with the bill itself. Um, Chair, and, and maybe at this stage, uh, after the questions by the committee members, I would maybe just like to highlight one aspect to you. I think it's something that fell through the cracks from, from the previous meeting, but I am duty-bound to to point that out to you, but I'll, I'll allow your members to raise the questions. Thank you, Chair. Honourable uh, Hon, are you clarified? Yes, Chair, not, not necessarily, um, but but I, uh, I have taken away from the input from the department that they will again look at this matter um, my view would be that given the fact that we are creating a creature of statute here that it, it will have to be 
stated very specifically um, in the bill, if in matters where the magistrates could deal with the matter in a concurrent way, the appeal lies to the land court and not to, to another high court. Um, but but uh, I mean, that's just, I, I want to say my sense about it, um, but I would appreciate their, their considered further feedback in this regard. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mokulubeta. Yes, thank you, Chair. The, uh, the, the suggestion is noted uh, from uh, Honorable Horn, and we will uh, indeed, as my uh, colleague, Mr. Dupree, has indicated that we will look into the, the entire bill and then see how uh, or where we can slot in the specific provision that will clarify that issue beyond doubt as to uh, the appealability of magistrate court matters directly to the High Court in relation to the matters that are listed in the schedule to the bill. Thank you. We have noted the direction and suggestion. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Any other member? Maybe you must take away, take away the slide so that I can be able to see members. Any other member who wants to ask questions or raise any point? Say, if I may, I still have one point. Uh, Honorable Horn. Yeah, thank you, Chair. It's just on the, um, the discussions we've had last time around, I believe, about Section 8.4. Um, and I do believe whilst we have the discussion, your guidance as the chair was that members must uh, reflect some more on this. Um, I made the proposal that the first subsection uh, or the, the, the latter part of the first subsection be rather be added to the previous section in order not to create the perception that uh, through an appointment or a dedicated appointment to the land court a judge appointed in that in such a way would would be entitled to argue that they also in a concurrent way appointed to other sections of the high court um, so i do believe it's something that is still to an extent outstanding your guidance was that members must go and reflect on this and and uh, express an opinion in in the next meeting as to whether they have an objection. So um, what is your view? Have you reflected? Honorable Horn? No, no, I, <laughs> I made the proposal, Chair, so I'm still very much in favor of it. Mm. Uh, I think your guidance was that other members must mm must consider the matter and then the committee must resolve on it at this okay. next meeting. Okay. That's Honourable my recollection in any way. Yes. Honorable Jela. Thank you, Chair, and good morning, uh, colleagues, and also Mr. Dupree and the team. Chair, the only question I have, uh, 
Yeah, I think you'll realize that I'm, I'm a bit quiet on this bill because remember when you started with it, I was, it was, I was on sick leave. But the only one question that maybe clarity question that I would request uh, maybe to ask, it is uh, in relation to the impediments that might, uh, the people who are uh, 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 the claimants might have uh, in relation to the property laws that we have in the country that might maybe uh, impede them in order to do this. When we were, when we were dealing with this uh, bill, are those issues maybe considered? I don't know. I'm just asking, a question. I don't even know if maybe this question that I'm asking, it makes sense. But I, I, I've realized that there are a lot of uh, issues on the property law in terms of this is that is happening. And you find that these people are coming to claim the, 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 the land. And you find that uh, there is a contradiction. Maybe the, the property law says, no, you can't get it because already there are laws that are in existence in terms of the issues of land. Chair, you'll correct me. It just shape it because I, I don't know even myself. Okay, no, that's fine. Thank you very much, Mr. Makulubete. Thank you very much, Chair. I don't know what's happened with with me regarding to unmute, I apologize. Uh, Chair, indeed, the, there are very pieces of legislation that exist in the country that uh, regulate uh, land. And uh, the Chair and the Honorable Members will recall during the initial briefing by us to this committee, we have indicated that the department has identified about 33 pieces of legislation that are land related. And those pieces of legislation were at that stage, and even now I must say, they are providing for the court that is going to adjudicate a dispute emanating from those pieces of legislation. Now, those legislations that have the high court or the magistrate court will still proceed to deal or to, uh, those courts will still proceed to hear matters emanating from those pieces of legislation. And the land court and now the match court is going to deal with matters emanating or dispute emanating from pieces of legislation that are listed in the schedule to the, to the bill. Now, in, in the future, in the future, Chair, the we, we have uh, made, made a provision that the, the land court, jurisdiction of the land court can be extended so that certain pieces of legislation can be adjudicated upon under the, or in the, uh, in the land court itself, thereby removing the jurisdiction of the high court and dedicating it to the land court. Similarly, with regards to the uh, match court, if the piece of legislation is decided that a certain piece of legislation will strip away the jurisdiction of the match court and then give it to the uh, land court. That, that will be the case. However, the, the point of the, the bill is to uh, restrict only those pieces of legislation that are in the schedule to the jurisdiction of the, of the land court and the magistrate court. 
Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Honorable Jele, are you clarified? I'm, I'm fine for now, Chair. I'm fine because remember, at, at those pieces, those that briefing I didn't hear, but I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with the question that I've, I've asked. Remember, okay, I was. Not, I don't want to take you back. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Makulubete. Uh, the issue that was raised by Honorable Horn that he is in favor of. Mr. Dupre? Yes, yes, Chair. Okay, can I leave to Mr. and my colleague, Mr. Dupre, please? Thank you, Chair. Okay. Chair, thank you. That is precisely the point that I wanted to raise with the committee. And if I could quickly ask uh, Mr. Makurubete just to share the screen again, please, and then go to the appointment of judges, please. Mac? Mr. Chair, this is the provision that was discussed last week in the committee. And if we can go to subsection four of subclause four, please. Now, this is this is where the concern was raised, um, summarized by Mr. Horan. And the paragraph A of subclause 4 is the relevant paragraph, and the proposal was that the last part of that paragraph should be added to subclause 3 in order to clarify that judges um, be appointed um, in a dedicated capacity, if I understood the concern correctly to the uh, the the court itself, the land court. So that is something that I wanted to point out to the committee is that um, we wanted to make a proposal there, but I think it, it it fell through the cracks. But but yes, this issue is still still on the table for consideration by the committee. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. But I I remember us saying that uh, that word as far as practicable that we should delete it. That is correct, Mr. Chair. If the committee decides uh, or instructs the department to include paragraph A towards the end of subclause 3, the, uh, the wording will change a bit. Um, my concern with regard to the drafting itself at this stage, and sometimes... Uh, my criminal law professor always said, what's the use of a mind if you can't change it? But um, I, I'm concerned about the word must to, to, to use that with as far as is practicable, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't make sense, Chair. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I think that is the first, I think that is the second point. I think but uh, the third point Maybe it's not a third point. Maybe I, I think the second part to uh, Honorable Horn's question, if I understood him, is that if I am appointed through this dedicated court, 
uh, as a judge. And halfway in my life, I am bored with land court issues and I would like to do other issues. Won't I claim that I was appointed to be a judge, therefore I'm entitled, I want to go to, to, to an ordinary high court or uh, to deal with uh, issues of competition. Um, what is the practical effect of the clause as it is? It is now. Will that clause be an impediment to me uh, moving from this dedicated court uh, to other courts? Or I am just a judge for the land court and not any other court? Uh, did I get you correctly, uh, Honorable Horn? Yes, uh, Jay, uh, yes. Uh, uh, maybe not to belabor the point, but I, uh, yeah. when we were initially briefed, I, I think the, the idea was put, in, and I think soundly so, that land law specialists could in this way be appointed to be judges of this court. So I think the, the ultimate argument is that for, for such judges to then move over to other divisions, a further process will have to be followed. We will must guard against a phrasing that would enable such judges to say that we are simultaneously appoint, uh, appointed as ordinary, uh, as, as uh, members of the bench of ordinary high courts. Thanks. Okay. I'm not sure whether my true sense of experience uh, at the JSC would assist here. Let's say, for an example, you are appointed to be a judge of the high court in, in the free state. And now you want to go to, you want to go back home to Gauden. You still have to apply again via the JSC and be interviewed. Um, and be recommended to the president for appointment. You can't just write a letter and say, no, I want to jump from this division to the next division. It's via the JSC. You will have to be appointed. There must be a vacancy there. Then you will have to be interviewed and be recommended. I'm not sure whether that would assist. Uh, in fact, that, 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 uh, I'm not sure whether that, uh, uh, if we say they must be appointed as judges of the land court and be specialists there, if a person at any point changes his mind or her mind and, uh, and wants to do something else, then he will have to, uh, he will have to, to be interviewed by the JSC for the position that will be available at that time, whether it is in the high court or it is elsewhere. That is how, the, yes, how the, that is how the JSE rules are. Uh, Mr. Dupree? Thank you, Mr. Chair. I'm going to ask my colleague to do a difficult thing now, but if at the top of the page where, the, where we have the word court, if he could just start, don't go down too much, Mac, 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 don't go down too much. Just just show us 3 and 4A, please, so that we see it simultaneously. Uh, 
Thank you. Now, after the word court at the end of subclause three, um, insert a comma for us, please. And I apologize for doing this to the committee. It's always, it's, it's not an easy thing to draft in the committee itself, but I think the concerns explained, Mr. Chair, might be addressed by saying, if we read three now at this moment, the president acting on advice of the JSC and the judge president of the court may, subject to subsection four, appoint as many judges as is necessary as judges of the court who may have been judges at the time they were appointed to the court. And one could possibly say who may have been judges of the high court I, I don't know whether this, and, and then of course, uh, subclause uh, 4A, paragraph 4A will then be deleted and the rest of it merely renumbered. Before we proceed there, Honorable Horn. Yeah, Does thank you, Chair. I think that, that addresses my concern as well as your concern around must and as far as practicable. Thank yes. you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Dupree. Mr. Chair, just on that point still, um, the, the concern that I have with regard to paragraph A at this stage is that it's clearly stated that at least half of the judges appointed to the court must have been judges of the high court. So just referring back to the proposed amendment then of subclause 3, uh, would the committee still want the principle of at least 50% of uh, individuals being appointed as judges to the court must have been judges of the high court. I think uh, maybe that's just one issue for purposes of clarity from the department side. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. And members, what is the view? My apologies, Chair, I don't want to monopolize the discussion, but, but maybe we must reflect back on, on uh, reflect somewhat on the initial, um, let's say, substantiation for this proposal. Um, my recollection is that, that it was ultimately to, to enable subject matter experts to be, to be appointed in addition to let's say, uh, high court judges. Um, so I, I think the relevant question is whether this bring, 
into question the 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 idea behind the initial proposal. I do not think it does necessarily. Um, although it it of course then um, brings it more into the the authority of the JEC to ultimately reflect on the on the needs of the of of the court, which is of course also then always expressed by the the sitting judge president of the court who will in such instances form part of the JEC, if I understand it correctly. Um, so in that sense, uh, more of the, let's say, the, the obligation to look after the court will rest with the JSC rather than for us to then, in a strict way, prescribe this, which in my, to my mind is not necessarily a bad thing, Chair, but you serve there. You must, you must tell us whether I'm wrong. <laughs> Uh, but before I do, uh, these people who might not be judges at the time of their appointment, once their appointment, uh, what would be their, um, would they be remunerated as judges? Yes, Chair. Um, we do have the provision. Um, I just, for the moment, can't remember which clause it is. But uh, there is a clause dealing with the remuneration of judges to the to the uh, uh, land court, and if I may, if you will allow me, I I tend to agree with Mr. Horan that this is there is a failsafe, and the failsafe is the process in the JSC itself. So the question at this stage might be, does it serve any useful purpose? to include that, if I may call it, obligation of at least 50% of persons being appointed to the court must already have been judges of the high court. So um, to be short and sweet then, I think it's not necessary after having heard the response to include that, but we will be guided by you, Chair. I think the, the, the fail-safe mechanism lies then with the JSC and, and the needs of the court. Thank you, Chair. I'm not sure, uh, members, uh, but I think if we put it there, it would also uh, assist the JSC uh, in the appointment process um, because I do think that um, if it is not there, won't uh, the JSE re refer to its default position of appointing just people who are judges? Chair, may I come in, please? Yes, Ms. Makulibet. My apologies. I, I don't see the function of raising my hand, but I, I just want to come back to the issue of the 50% the of the mm -hmm. judges. Uh, initially, the, when the bill was processed, the, the intention was to make sure that when the JSC appoint judges to the, to the high court, uh, obviously, the intention was to have those with expertise in land matters. And now, 
the if let's say the the the, the JSC the intention is to appoint 10, 10 judges ten people to be the judges of the of the court the the intention was to say that maybe that if all of those are from the from practice the advocates the attorneys and etc etc we are not going to have to take everyone from from the 10 others must be taken from the existing judges so that at least we do not have people who are in the court who are placed in the court not having had the experience of being in the bench so if we have 50 people uh, five or uh, 50% of the judges who are already judges of the various courts. And then from those advocates and the attorneys, then we have five. I think the, the, the intention was to was along those lines. Hence, the, the provision as far as practicable, because it may be the case that uh, we don't have many judges who are already sitting judges applying for the post of being judges of the land court. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Makulubete. Then, if that is the case, I, I do think that uh, both Honorable Horn and Mr. Tukri have a point because the JSC, uh, when interviewing, uh, it will take this act into consideration as to what are the skills required when uh, whether interviewing a person who is a judge or who is not a judge, it doesn't matter. My initial view, it would be that uh, maybe the 50% is superficial because the JSC at any rate would, uh, they would know that they are appointing a person who would be serving uh, on the land court. So the questions and the, the expectations, it will be that that person should be quite a fair, if not an expert on the land matters. I'm not sure whether uh, Mr. Honorable Horn, is that, uh, is that, is, is, is that uh, clear now? Yes, I agree with you, Jay, thanks. Mr. Duprea? Thank you, Mr. Chair. And I'm speaking under correction, but I think during the previous round of uh, interviews by the JSC, I think it was a number of two or three persons who were interviewed with specific reference then to appointment uh, to the Land Claims Court. Um, so yes, I, I agree that I think if one applies for an appointment or is nominated for an appointment, the JSC should simply say we, we consider five or six candidates for appointment to the land court as, as permanent um, judges, if I, if I may call it that. I don't know where I'm technically correct. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Now, any other point on this one? Any other person want to speak? None. I think this one is taken care of. Uh, Mr. Dupree or Mr. Makulubete, you may proceed. Chair, uh, there's nothing additional from my side. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Makulubete. Uh, thank you, Chair. There's nothing from my side either. Okay. Now, um, 
I would like us to conclude this bill tomorrow. And as far as I can read the mood of the meeting, we all agree with everything now, except what uh, the issue of the appeal that must be reflected upon. Can can you do it today, uh, uh, Mr. Mugolubet and Mr. Dupree? Can you do it today so that tomorrow we just solve that matter and we move towards adopting the bill? Is that in order, members? Yes, Jay. Thank you very yes. much. Thank you very much. So, uh, Mr. Dupree, uh, Mr. Dupree, Mr. Mugulubete, uh, you would just deal with that issue. So, this will be the first uh, uh, um, issue tomorrow, and then then thereafter we would move towards uh, uh, adopting the bill. Uh, and uh, so, it would be good that it's adopted tomorrow, so that it can reflect on the programming committee of Thursday. Um, Mr. Romano, um, beside this bill tomorrow, what were we going to have? Chairperson, uh, initially we were supposed to be dealing with the hate crimes, so we'll only have this idea. Okay, so we can add the minutes uh, I think the two or three minutes that are outstanding. Um, I think what we might need to do, because uh, we might have a problem going forward, um, we might have a problem going forward. What Maybe what we need to do is to commit a secretariat, just look for a date quite urgently where we will start processing the oversight reports. Because uh, if maybe tomorrow we can start doing, uh, oh, but that will be too soon for you. Just look for a date where we'll start uh, processing uh, the oversight reports in preparations for adoption in the house. Because we have, we made corrections, but we still have to work on the reports uh, all of them, and then we then we have a meeting with the two ministers. Then we uh, the report goes to the house. So I think because we have this challenge with the program, we might need to bring that matter forward quite urgently, because I do think that even on on Tuesday next week, after we have done. Uh, in fact, we have received the report from Mr. Dupree on the supplementary uh, a document. After that, we will still have to give them time to go and synthesize what we would have agreed on into a working document. So that would be, so we would need to give them time. So in between, the, we might not have anything to do um, but I think the drug trafficking uh, would be, yes, we will deal with drug, drug trafficking next week. Uh, but I think it will be two or, yeah, I think two days or so. Um, so I do think that we would need to 
process that report um, uh, in the committee just before we adjourn. So if we can just uh, work on those uh, reports um, and members who are assigned to provinces, please make follow-up visits to those provinces. I know that Honorable Horn already, ha he has been to, to Mpumalanga. We do have a report. We do have his report. He went with uh, Mr. Ramano. We do have his report. We do not have the report of other members. Please, members, let's ensure that um, these are not seen as just a, a one-day event or a tour. Uh, we have to go back and, and ensure that uh, what was promised is being done. We have to do follow-ups. And the, the members, they know themselves, those that are deployed to various provinces. And so that when we give a report to the house, that report to the house also encompasses uh, the work, in fact, the follow-up work that we would have done uh, and to show progress that, uh, progress or lack of progress thereof. So I think I do, I do want to appeal to members to make those, uh, those follow-up visits, contact the committee secretariat to facilitate uh, you going back to those provinces so that we are able to finalize this report. Members, are there any other issues? Oh, I think one issue that we have not yet finalized. Uh, members, you received a correspondence that invites you to a workshop on women-related issues. I've only received one apology. Uh, of uh, Honorable Jele. Uh, so I assume that all other members are ready to go to that workshop. Uh, can you please contact the committee secretariat and uh, indicate your availability to that uh, workshop uh, so that we can be able to send names to the speaker as soon as possible. Can we have a deadline of this Friday that all members must indicate their, their availability uh, so that we can be able to consolidate those names. Any other issue members that would want to raise? Mr. Dupree? Mr. Chair, I apologize. Uh, there was just a break in communication. I didn't hear what your final instructions were with regard to the this bill for tomorrow. But what I wanted to indicate to the committee is uh, we have prepared a working document and we have also in the meantime prepared an A-list, which, which is actually the, the A-list must be approved by the committee. Um, so I would like to maybe just receive guidance from the chair whether uh, the committee will approve the working document tomorrow or the A-list. Uh, that would mean that that uh, yeah, it's going to be, we'll, we'll have to adapt the A-list according to what we have at this stage. So I don't know how the chair would like to approach this. I, and I'm terribly sorry for doing this to you, chair. Um, my understanding is that uh, you would have to work on the A-list to accommodate what was raised on the appeal issues. 
Then tomorrow we will deal with the A list for uh, for because we will have to approve the A list because it will be our last meeting. Uh, if everything goes according to to our plan, it will be our last meeting on this bill. Thank you, Chief. Is there, is there anything that you think in terms of procedure and, and process we are overlooking, Mr. Dupree? Mr. Chair, I think the the committee secretariat and the content advisor, advisors would be in a better position to advise you on that. Uh, but yes, I think the bottom line is that, that the A-list must be approved. Um, but there, there will be a slight knock-on effect with regard to the supplementary summary we're working on, but, but we'll manage it. Um, and um, I'm going to... I'll, I'll speak to Mr. Makudubete after the meeting, and then we can just agree how to approach the task uh, with a view to tomorrow. But I would like to apologize in advance that I don't think we will be able to provide you with the A-list today, we might have to present it to the committee tomorrow morning if that is in order with you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Mr. Dupree. Committee Secretariat, is there any issue of procedure that we are missing? Uh, Chair, not necessarily, but uh, Mr. Dupree is correct that uh, the committee must adopt uh, the the A-list, and then uh, there's also some processes that we have to follow in terms of, you know, formatting the bill so that it can be presented to the House in the correct format. And sometimes that takes time because after they've given us the A-list, we send it to an outsider to format, and thereafter, you know, there are some changes that might need to be made, so yeah. It might take time, so that might also mean that uh, the bail might not be before the house next week if we are not done on time. No, I think there are two issues we have to deal with. Um, we are not talking about the bail being before the house next week. Um, we are talking about the procedures generally of passing it in the committee because the decision to schedule it, it will be the decision of the programming committee. Um, so the, my understanding is that we would, after we have voted on the A-list, then you would go and format the bill accordingly so that it can be ready to be debated in the house. Uh, and the house would also have to observe the three-day rule unless it is through a resolution waived uh, by the house itself. So we are not pressing on the issue of, uh, of the sitting of the house. I mean, after, after, the, after the committee has approved the A-list and approved the bill, then you will have to do the necessary issues of formatting and all of those issues. And the, then, uh, uh, on Thursday, it will be taken to the programming committee, that, which will decide as to when the bill is, is debated. Uh, it might not even be debated next week. Is that fine, Mr. Uh, Mr. Raman? Yes, Chair, that, that's fine. Yeah. So I think in terms of procedure, that uh, highlighted rule would be the one that should guide us. 
The one so you that uh, tomorrow the final version of the bill that is to be presented to the National Assembly is before the committee. Okay. Um, members, there is, thank you very much, Mr. Romano. Uh, members, there is an issue uh, that Mr. Dupree has. Re oh, before I, before I, uh, I miss, uh, Honorable Nicole Strohan. Yes, thank you, Chair. I just wanted clarity. Tomorrow we will approve the A-list, right? And then after the A-list is approved, then we still go through the bill clause by clause. As and I just wanted to know that. Thank you, Chair. Members, I do think that we have done that issue. That is why the outstanding issue that we have now is the issue raised by Honorable Swart on the appeal. So tomorrow we will focus on the appeal. And once the appeal issue is clarified, uh, they are going to be working on it overnight. And then we will go through the A-list. And then once we are happy with the A-list, then we vote on the bill. Uh, uh, if the bill passes, then uh, Mr. Ramano takes over in terms of the formatting and all of those issues. Uh, they will take it to an external service provider. Uh, then it will be ready to be debated in the House. But the, on Thursday, then it goes to the programming committee. The programming committee which will say will receive a report that justice has, has processed this bill is ready to be debated in the house. It will give us a date uh, on when are we going to debate the bill in the house. Is that clear, Honorable Lebot Trochen? Yes, Chairperson, thank you. Thank you very much. So um Oh, the one issue that was, uh, I think it's outstanding from Mr. Dupree that he asked is that uh, he will be able, he will not be able to circulate the A-list today. They are going to work on it overnight. Then we will find, we will interact with it tomorrow. But we have been taken through the bill on a number of occasions and we have made our views on many clauses that we thought were needed some panel beating. So can we agree that tomorrow is fine, we will still go through the A-list together and then we vote on the bill. So we do not expect the bill to be circulated tonight to members to go through the bill. Is that in order members? Yes, Chair, in order. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Ramana? Yeah, just, you know, just, you know, one issue here, you know, in terms of this rule that I flighted, mm -hmm. it says that you know, the committee must formally adopt the final version of the bill as it is to be presented to the, yeah, to the, to the House. So, you know, I think, you know, merely focusing on the A-list might not be sufficient. You know, members might also have to look at the bill as amended. 
so that they see how you know the proposed amendments sit in the bill as amended, which will be the the B version of the bill and not just the A list. So, which means uh, after tomorrow, uh, after we have gone through the A list, then you will go and do the B list, which will formally vote on it. Yeah, then, yeah, then yeah, once we have agreed to the amendments, then they're factored into the, the bill as originally tabled, then we create the B, and then members will be able to see the, the, the final product and we adopt that one. Okay, so tomorrow we'll just ask going through the A list, and then next week we will then vote on the bill. That would be my proposal. Yeah, I know. I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to. Uh, that, that that is how the procedure should be, um, because if we don't follow it, we run a risk of undermining all the good work that has been done. So I think what we need to do next tomorrow, we are voting. In fact, we are dealing with the A list. Then we will deal with the B list. Um, next week, um, once they have done all the formatting and everything, then we, then we will vote for, for for the bill, which means it will go to it go to the house either late next week or that week before we adjourn. Is that fine, members? Yes, it's fine. Thank you very much. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of the meeting. And thank you very much, uh, Mr. Dupree, Mr. Makulubete, and the rest of the drafting team. Thank you very much for the work, good work done. We hope to see you tomorrow. And thank you very much, members, and to everybody who is watching on the virtual platform. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Chen. Thank you. Recording stopped.